You are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Locked On Seahawks podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. This is the draft wrap-up show. The Seahawks made all of their selections round one through seven, uh, made some uh, really spectacular picks, maybe made some you know not-so-good picks, but we're here to talk about all of them. Before the show starts, we'll give a little introduction of ourselves. I'm Grant Goldberg. I do social media stuff for... Uh, Forum Blue and Gold, the website that covers the Lakers. And Spike, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself? Yeah, I write about the Seahawks and other Seattle sports for The Stranger and write about sports generally for other places sometimes. There we go. Nailed it. Spike's a sometimes sports writer. But uh, the, yeah. the NFL draft happened this weekend. And we last spoke to you when the Seahawks drafted Rashad Penny from San Diego State with pick number 27 in the first round. And Spike and I were both pretty much in agreement that it was a pretty bad misuse of the pick. Uh, We tried to look at the positives of it. And it's not to say that Penny isn't a good player. It's just that, you know, for what the value of the pick was, they could have gotten something a lot better for the team. And so the Seahawks made... Eight other selections uh, this weekend, and yeah. we'll go round by round. round. Oh, well, I'll just say before we dive into this, well, I was pretty down on the first pick. I'll say overall the draft haul, I'm pretty positive on. I like a lot of the, I like a lot of the picks. So even though I maybe give that first pick a low C, high D grade, I give the overall haul something in the B range. And only regret that I that they didn't you know nail pick one in order to make it into solid A. That's sort of where I stand. Yeah, time will tell. I think that obviously uh, time will tell. Right. Yeah. It's it's. I always think it's funny trying to draft. I mean, uh, trying to grade drafts uh, right after these selections are made because they still have to get on the field and who knows what kind of NFL players they'll be. But I I will say that. It's uh, I'm, it's looking pretty positive for the Seahawks. I think that they made some good selections for you know what rounds uh, they selected the players in, and you know I'll I'll just list the players right now, and then we'll talk about each of them a little bit uh, for themselves. But uh, round three they went with Rashim Green, a defensive end from USC. Uh, round four Will Disley, a tight end from Washington. Round five the Probably the pick of the draft, you know, out of every team, just for what it was. Shaquem Griffin, linebacker from UCF. Sha- Shaquille Griffin's twin brother. Uh, Trey Flowers was picked in the fifth round. Safety is converting to cornerback from Oklahoma State. Michael Dixon is a punter they traded up for in the fifth round. Uh, he plays football at Texas. He's from Australia. In round five, they went with an Ohio State tackle, Jermichael Jones, which some think, you know, is a really good value for you know where they got him. Uh, round six, they went with Jacob Martin from Temple, and then they went with Florida Internationals quarterback uh, Alex. I'm gonna say McGo, uh, and yeah, that that rounds it out. Uh, nine selections, as we said, and we're I, we're both in agreement. Shaquem Griffin is an excellent pick. Uh, 
I think that it's hard to say that it makes up for drafting a running back in the first round, but you know, it, for the story that it is, the quality of player that he is, I think that you know it's a home run selection in the fifth round. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, with Griffin, you have literally the fastest linebacker in NFL history by 40 speed. And 40 speed matters with a linebacker yeah. when you talk about, you know, like it isn't it isn't a position where 40 speed doesn't matter. Like you're talking about covering a lot of ground no, at that position. We, we, we I also think with, our, with our Ryan Shazier, sorry, as an example, you know, he had great 40 speed. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, he's able to use it in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I think when you talk about him as potentially an outside linebacker, you know, KJ and Bobby are getting old. When they missed snaps last year, our team was not good. And to have someone of Griffin's athleticism capable of coming off the bench and potentially developing into a replacement for those guys playing on uh, base packages and uh, making an impact on special teams with that speed and strength combination – uh, you know, if he if he had two hands, he would have gone in the early second round, and so it's a steal. And it, and that you're pairing him with Kiel Griffin, who's maybe the most exciting young player on the defense coming into the draft. Uh, you know, it can't you can't be any happier with that. Uh, having two guys who are gonna be that in sync. You know, we you got weird twin stuff going on, and you gotta love weird twin stuff. So I think it's I think it's a great pick. Yeah, you know, it it gave me the opportunity to do a twins Photoshop, which you know I was happy That's about. That's great. And then, yeah, I I just think that, especially special teams, it came to my mind. He'll be able to make an immediate impact on it's somewhere. It's somewhere that the team needed a lot of depth last year with all the injuries they had on the special teams unit, and so he'll be able to come back. It being a a great special teams player, <laughs> forgive me for saying this, but it takes a lot of heart and it takes some grit. And that's something that Shaquille, uh, Shaquem Griffin doesn't lack. We saw that, you know, in his career leading up to being drafted by the Seahawks, and I think that he'll be at le- he'll at least be able to make an immediate impact on the Seahawks in some capacity. And I think that will be special teams to begin with. Love the pick. The pick I think I'm most excited about is Rasheem from USC, six four, two hundred and seventy five pounds, had ten sacks last year. But, you know, he can play multiple positions on the defensive line, and that's something that they really needed after losing Michael Bennett. I think that having Michael Bennett on the roster would be, you know, insane for his development, a player like that. But, you know, talk about, I'm not going to say boom or bust, but a really high potential pick, and they got good value in the third round. Uh, He's only 21 years old, and so, you know, he has a long time to kind of master not master, but you know, be excel at all these positions that he's played on the defensive line, and you know, like I said, the Seahawks are going to need that losing Bennett, and and they just need a, a versatile player on that line, and I think Green can be that player, whether it be down the line or you know maybe a little bit this year. Yeah, I think he is a great. I mean, physically, he's a bit like Bennett. Uh, he's a little skinnier than your average tackle. He's a little bigger than your average end, but he's fast. He's capable of playing all those roles. He's, you know, he's coming out of a USC program that hopefully, you know, Pete Carroll still has insight into what those players are and what their character is. So you've got to assume that he's a high character guy. Pete hasn't over 
he has not gone to that well, maybe as much as people expected. I mean, the earliest case of that was, of course, picking Earl Thomas over Taylor Mays. You know, when he goes to the USC well, he gets the most out of those guys. Uh, whether it's, you know, Malcolm Smith is an undrafted, picking uh, Big Mike Williams up off the scrap heap and p- pulling a great year out of him. So I like this. I like this pick a lot. It's a pick where if if he pans out, even to like his 50th percentile, it's awesome value for the third round. Yeah, they they could potentially have a steal on their hands. I think that there's a lot of potential in, in a lot of these players that they drafted. And we'll get into some of that after this break we take right now. And then I think I want to talk about, when we come back, someone that I think they overpaid for but could have some good value to this team. We are back with the second portion of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You are with Grant Goldberg and Spike Friedman. And I wanted to talk about for a second a guy that the Seahawks picked uh, in the fourth round. It's a tight end, Will Disley from UW. And this is a guy that converted from defensive end to tight end. And he was regarded as the best blocking tight end in the NFL draft. And... Just immediately when it when it came into my head, you know, the Seahawks are drafting to reignite the running game on offense. You know, they drafted Rashad Penny and they drafted Disley, who's you know seen as almost a sixth offensive lineman. And so, I'm not going to compare him to Zach Miller, but that's definitely the the mold that they're looking to fill. To fill, I mean, having Jimmy Graham as a tight end who didn't block much. I mean, Luke Wilson. I mean, his blocking I wouldn't say was his strong suit and so I think that they're trying to you know have that you know anchor on the on the end of the line and to to spring these running backs a little more they they really don't want to have any of these uh negative runs inside the 10 yard line anymore it seems like to me yeah uh and he's another guy who could very well contribute on special teams uh which clearly is a point of emphasis for them the the Seahawks special teams last year were bad. Uh, they were below average for the first time in a long time. And so you see a pick like Disley where he can contribute in multiple ways. I like it. Um, I think you're right in what you said before you went to break. Might be a little bit of an overpay at tight end there, but this wasn't a great draft for in terms of athleticism for tight ends so if you're gonna get your guy at tight end you might have to pick him half a round early which i feel like the seahawks did also you know that position with dixon and vanit and uh swoops uh there's room i'll be interested to see how the roster shakes out there i'll be very interested to see because i still think swoops is maybe their best receiving option if he develops but that's a huge question mark for a college quarterback yeah, exactly. You're you're talking about you know probably two most. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna this. I mean, not include Nick Vanette, but he hasn't really shown anything in his time, and I think that he can still have potential to be a good player. But you no, know, you're talking about the two guys I think with the most upside. You know, are conversion projects with Disley coming from the defensive line yeah. and, and Swoops being a, a quarterback. But uh, I'm not I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm, I hate myself, but dis. Disley's uh, receiving oh skills. Uh, he came into his own kind of at the end of last year in terms of receiving. He had his three best games, I think, to close the year. But uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for a guy to grow 
when he's converting from a new position to tight end. He only played for a couple of years at tight end. And so I'm excited to have a really good blocking tight end because that's something that they've lacked over the last couple of years. But yeah, they might've paid a little too much for him, but you know, day three, you know, you're going to get the guys that you want and, and positional value, uh, positional value in the draft. It doesn't matter as much. Yeah, and I think that actually takes me well. Okay, so in terms of my favorite picks outside of Griffin, uh, the Jamarco James, Jamarco Jones, sorry, pick is really interesting. He has great tape. He was really good at college left tackle. He's a potential. If you if you did not measure his athleticism, you'd be like, oh, there we go. That's a guy who's going to be top picked in the second round. But then you measure his athleticism, he's a negative two Sigma athlete. So it's a very un-Seahawks pick. It's the anti-Tom Cable pick. But they're bringing in a guy who is a technician, who's very good at planting and pass blocking. And they're bringing in a guy who's going to compete for Jermaine Fetty's job. And that is exciting for me because we're going to learn with Fetty, you know, like – it doesn't matter where they were taken at this point. You've got a new offensive line coach in here, and now Effetti has to go out there and prove that he can pass block a little bit or else he's going to get benched because Jamarco Jones does not have Effetti's athleticism in the run-blocking game, but if you talk about a pure pass blocker, he's already better. He's already more developed. So I love that pick. But the pick that is most exciting to me in round go. five, and I understand <laughs> it's a I understand it's controversial, but I love the Michael Dixon pick. A punter out of Texas, I don't even mind that we traded up for him. (laughs) Now, when we had Danny on the podcast, Danny Kelly of The Ringer, we were talking about the value of those day three picks, and he was making the point that, like, round five and on, it's all a crapshoot. You know, you don't find a lot of NFL starters at that point. You're just hoping to hit some value. And with someone like Michael Dixon, who is coming out as not only the top-ranked punk top-ranked punter this year, but the top-ranked punter in a couple years, you know, you're talking about a guy who can transform what was a depleted special teams unit. We talked a lot last year about how John Ryan, you know, love John Ryan, love him as a person, love his contribution to the team historically, but the punting game is evolving, and last year was the first year where he really wasn't keeping up with that evolution. You know, he put too many balls through the end zone for touchbacks. He wasn't shaping his kicks to maximize pinning guys, you know, inside the 10. He's pinning guys at the 15. He was kicking it through the end zone. And he can't have he can't have that 2018. And so bringing in someone like Dixon to compete with Ryan and, you know, we'll probably he's probably the presumptive favorite uh for that for that job as punter of the Seahawks, I love it. He he led the nation in gross punting average last year and net average. I mean, you look at his highlights, they're insane. He is an insanely good punter. And so when you talk about like they're like it is wild. He had one game where I think he pinned a team within the 10-yard line seven times. Like <laughs> you're talking about a guy who really has a chance to make an impact for the Seahawks and feels more likely to stick on the team than almost anyone else they could have grabbed in round five. Even when you look at someone like Keem Griffin, there's a reason he slid and like, yeah, it's that he doesn't have a hand, but like that will affect him. When you look at someone like Dixon, if he's as good, if his skills translate the way that we all expect they will, he is going to be an impact player for the Seahawks for a long time. And it's crazy that like we traded up to get a punter and I don't hate that. But we traded up to get a punter, and I don't hate that because uh, he's great. 
And I'm excited to see what it's like to have the new evolution of punter. Also say that the Trey Flowers pick, that's got potential. He looks like Cam Chancellor. They're going to convert him to cornerback, though. So that's probably a little bit of a longer-term play. Yeah, Jacob Martin, his highlights, he kind of looks like Cliff Haverhill, but that's a lot of projection. It's going to take a lot of work for him to get there. But I think, you know, having an edge guy brought into the program at that sixth round, you know, like – I think that that is good, and I think hopefully can at least be a rotational depth piece uh, on the other side from F- Frank Clark, able to maybe come in in some of those NASCAR packages, or if there are injuries, can step up and make sure we still have speed on the D line behind Deion Jordan. So you know, I like I like this draft after the first round, uh, especially given the limited resources the team had going in. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I think that it's it's worth thinking about too and i know that it, it's like a major projection i think that it's it's hard to tell what a player is going to be when you haven't even seen him on the field for minicamp but you know let's let's not forget that michael bennett was uh, an undrafted free agent and so when you're talking about a guy like jacob martin you know he can come in and make an impact like that's like the wild card about the draft and i know that it's like a lot of stuff has to happen in order and like he has to like just be spectacular but you know, a lot of these players, like, drafted late in the rounds, yeah, there's a really high prob- probability that they wash out, but the really good stories of, like, a player coming through after being drafted really late and becoming a good quality NFL starter, you know, that's something that, you know, is is most exciting to me about the NFL draft. And so if a guy like Jacob Martin can come in and, you know, make a, a, an impact from day one and, and, you know, have maybe, like, seven sacks, you know, coming in rookie year... That'd be awesome. And so you don't know what kind of tr- contributions they're going to get. And so that's something that I'm getting excited about. Uh, one thing on Trey Flowers, you know, after after Seattle drafting two safeties last year, you know, I think that maybe they can afford to, like, move him over to cornerback and, and see what he has to contribute there. I, I think that uh, <laughs> this is funny, you know, considering what we talked about over the weekend. But, you know, I'm, I'm in agreement that, you know, they – they did a good job in this draft after pick 27. I think that I'm excited about a lot of the guys. Obviously, Keem Griffin, uh, he can make it a good contribution, especially paired with Michael Dixon, uh, you know, going with the special teams unit. But I'm also, I think, you know, I'm, I'm getting most excited about Rasheem Green and his potential only at 21. And so I think now is a good time to take the last break of the show, and then we're going to come back and we're going to close this thing out. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We are back with the final portion of today's episode of the Locked on Seahawks podcast. You're with Grant and Spike. We're going to close this thing out talking about Jamarco Jones. Spike, what do you got to say about this now left tackle? <laughs> yeah, uh, so Pete is initially saying that it's going to be Fanta Nafetti competing at right tackle with Jones competing with Dwayne Brown at left tackle, which I don't think he's going to supplant Dwayne Brown. Always competing. But I will say that I will say, like, how much better is that situation at tackle than where we started last year with just Fant and Fetty starting? And then behind them, it was just a nightmare when Fant went down and we had to play. I just think Seahawks offensive line situation, even though I still think they would have been best served maybe spending that pick on Penny 
on a guard and maybe grabbing a running back talent a little later in the draft, I think our offensive line situation is much better than it was going into last year, or honestly going into any season since maybe 2014. You, you cut out after uh, you said Fant went down. And so, oh fuck! Yeah. I don't know. I I and I gotta go in like five minutes. So okay. um, here I'll uh, uh I'll, I'll, just I'll cut bring it us out back. after after supplant Dwayne Brown, and then okay, and then I'll okay. Oh, here no, I can I can okay. Uh, I don't think he's gonna supplant Dwayne Brown, but you look at the depth chart at tackle compared to where we were when Fant went down last year. And it's just so much deeper and stronger that I think this team can absorb an injury the way last year they could not and had to start Riso Diombo at left tackle and almost got everybody killed as a result. And you don't want to do that, but you know, like they always say in Seattle, always compete. And so I'll, I'll close it out by saying one guy that I think would, is a, a good shot to make the roster from you know undrafted free agency is a fullback Khaled Hill from Michigan. Oh, interesting. He's 6'2", 265 pounds, and yeah, he's a load. And from what I said earlier, the Seahawks look committed to getting the running game started going back again. And you know they drafted Rashad Penny, they drafted Will Disley, and so I don't think that stops there. I think that you know there's a spot for the fullback on the roster and it may, it may come with cutting one of the running backs they have, but yeah, I think that they're going to go with one of those lead blockers. And and I think that it's going to be Hill. Yeah. I like Marcel Frazier out of Missouri. Uh, He's got health issues, but when he was on the field, he was an elite edge rusher for Missouri and he's got real size again. And guy can play that sort of hybrid, three technique, five technique sort of role. So I like him as a guy who, if he can get his health in place, could either stick on the roster or be on the practice squad and then get get a shot this year yeah. under the undrafted free agent class. Yeah, I We think, also have a long snapper coming in, so that's yeah, fun too. Oregon too, but uh, yeah, I th- and then this is to say he'll, uh, he'll do some work uh, as a receiver at the fullback position too. He had 288 career yards and three touchdowns at Michigan. And so, you know, he's a multifaceted fullback. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that Frazier could have a lot of high upside. It's just a lot of it's dependent on health, and they need that depth. So I'd, I'd like him to stick on the practice squad at least. But uh, I think that does yeah. it for today's show. Uh, we're going to thank you for, for listening again. Uh, go on iTunes, leave a five-star review if you enjoy the show. Reach out to us on Twitter with, you know, any thoughts you have about the show. And, uh, yeah, we just appreciate all, all sorts of feedback. So for Locked on Seahawks, I'm Grant Goldberg signing off. And I'm Spike Friedman, also signing off.